0: Welcome. You're listening to Faith vs. Weight with Maria Bauer. Maria is a former U.S. Navy Health Information Systems officer, current health and wellness coach, and author of the book Faith vs. Weight, reminding you that you already have victory in Christ. As a National Academy of Sports Medicine certified personal trainer specializing in weight loss, fitness nutrition, behavioral change, and women's fitness, Maria is also a former Livestrong YMCA Cancer Survivor Trainer. Now, here's your host, Maria Bauer. Hello and welcome. I am so excited to share week four of the following seven-week podcast series with you based on excerpts from my book, Faith vs. Weight. Inspired by the Word of God, Faith vs. Weight is a proven and practical health and wellness program that has helped many, just like you and me, achieve our weight loss victory. This podcast is all about balance, how to achieve it, or get as close as you can. By introducing our fourth biblical virtue of the week, Justice. For the Lord is a God of justice, blessed are all who wait for him. Isaiah 30:18. The symbol for justice is a balanced scale. We have already discussed managing your spiritual and physical energy. Now we are going to balance things out by focusing on your emotional energy. Many clients over the years have told me that they are emotional eaters. Whenever I work with a client who is not an emotional eater, which is rare, I'm able to wrap things up within three sessions once they have gotten off the sugar roller coaster ride and are regularly exercising because they have no problems following the diet and exercise plan. The weight comes off and everybody is happy. On the other hand, emotional eating goes beyond diet and exercise. Besides sugar addiction and inactivity, emotional eating rounds out the obesity epidemic trifecta. Since we have already addressed getting a handle on your sugar intake during weeks one and two and started with the first round of exercise tips for your body type in week three, it's now time to dive into one of the main reasons why this is a seven-week program in week four. Emotional eating. Emotional eaters sometimes feel out of control when it comes to their eating, making choices that they berate themselves over afterward. I know because I used to be one of them. What about you? Feeling out of control with your eating can be a symptom of feeling out of control with your life. I know it was for me. Let me pause here and reiterate, this is not medical advice. If you need medical help, please get it. For most people, it's common to struggle with balance due to our schedule, family obligations, work issues, or even world events, leaving us with a sense of injustice. So how do we feel with our emotional reactions to injustice, whether it's learning about the latest news tragedy or getting passed over for a well-deserved promotion without losing our balance and falling into a tub of ice cream? Since justice has to do with treating others the way we would like to be treated and vice versa... Your perception of justice or sense of fairness when life happens can either temporarily throw you off balance or completely derail you. When these triggers arise, so do your emotions. The key is to identify how you are going to cope with these emotions before the trigger arises to avoid pulling it. Like most emotional issues, Our yearning for justice is not only an emotional need, it is also a spiritual one. The key to balance is to put your need for God above your need for justice. Satan's job is to put your need for justice above your need for God, making it easier for you to justify an unhealthy behavior. He wants you to believe God is the one treating you or others unjustly, just like he did with Eve. If we can't trust God, then who can we trust? Nobody. Which leads to anxiety and resulting destructive behaviors. On the flip side, the more you trust your Heavenly Father, regardless of what happens, the more you are at peace, which leads to a sense of balance positively affecting your health. For the record, justice was served on the cross simultaneously affecting your past, present, and future. Whether we see it or not, justice was, is, and will always be served. And those who he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. Romans 8.30. Although justice belongs to God, he may or may not handle it in a way you or I understand, but it is still his department. We don't see the whole picture. It may not be served in the way we expect or even in our lifetime, but it will be served. Whether you fundamentally believe God is in control of justice or not affects how you react to things beyond your control. Many people's lives are so focused on waiting for their version of justice to be served because they don't trust God to handle it. It may be something that happened years ago, but they wind up treating themselves or others unjustly today by engaging in destructive behaviors. Overeating is just one of many. If we don't trust God with justice, we wind up with frustrated energy leading to negative coping mechanisms. Eventually, resentment surfaces, seriously affecting our health and our relationships. Resentment can make you fat and keep you fat, not to mention bitter. Instead of believing justice is not being served, Let's trust God to do his job while we do ours. Once you trust God with justice, you can stop blaming others' current or past injustices for your unhealthy choices today. There will be less waiting and wasting of time for all parties involved. Besides, trusting God positively affects your health. Studies show fewer anxiety-related health conditions in those who participate in faith-based activities. If you are struggling with letting current or past injustices go, ask yourself if you are struggling with trusting God. My guess is yes. Since the extent you trust God can positively affect your health, how can we get better at it? In the parable of the sower, Matthew chapter 13, Jesus talks about four different heart conditions affecting one's ability to trust God. I am going to take a leap here and suggest how these same heart conditions might also affect your health especially since I have seen these symptoms in many clients and or have experienced them myself. Number one, a hardened heart is unable to trust God. It may have already given up or is fanatical in its commitment to try and control everything. This person may tend to either a very strict diet or gluttony. Number two, a shallow heart may tend to blame everything or everyone else, starting out with a bang when it comes to committing to the latest diet but quickly fizzling out. Number three, a distracted heart may be running away from past or current injustices instead of leaving them at the foot of the cross. They may tend to focus on the next latest diet craze while still on their current diet, most likely distracted by someone else's progress. Number four, finally, a whole heart trusts in the Lord and is generally focused on helping others. This person may realize that the more energy he or she has, the more he or she can offer, on the other hand, this person might put the needs of others over their own health, ultimately running out of gas. What is your diagnosis? If you are not where you would like to be, just ask for a heart transplant. I did, and it worked. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. Ezekiel 36:26. So let's talk about three areas of justice where you may need a change of heart in order to find balance. Number one, thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's skinny jeans. You may watch others and think, hmm, she can eat chocolate cake and fried chicken and still be a size two, while cursing the fact that you have fat jeans. What you may not see is the rest of her daily total caloric intake and activity level, or maybe she just has the type of genes where a higher percentage of her calories go to muscle instead of fat. I remember many mornings when I was 16 years old sitting across from my pencil thin brother who would down four donuts for breakfast as I was trying to lose weight. I would slurp on a straw stuck in the latest diet shake, hoping to suck down the last drop because I was starving. I was unaware that these diet shakes spiked my blood sugar, leaving me, you guessed it, hungrier than before I started, while also leading to all-day sugar cravings. In order to avoid this, let's use the common sense God gave us you and I are not so-and-so. We cannot eat fried chicken and donuts all day whenever we feel like it and not gain an ounce. If you and I were so-and-so, then you would not be listening and I would not be recording this podcast. Maybe you used to be so-and-so and hit menopause or sitting at a desk all day is finally catching up. Either way, it is genetically predetermined where fat will be deposited on your body and certain foods cause the body to store fat more easily. In most cases, this equals pounds where you are already the most self-conscious. Skip food that is not calorie worthy and use your calories to provide maximum energy. If you are wavering, listen to week one again and recalibrate your diet. Wasting calories is like wasting money. Both lead to regret. If your biggest health complaint As you cannot eat whatever you want and fit into a pair of skinny jeans, it's time to get on your knees and thank God. There are people unable to get out of hospital beds who would gladly trade places with you. Often I have to remind new clients who are very discouraged with their bodies that they were able to walk into the classroom or fitness facility and God willing, they will walk out. What a blessing. Do you appreciate what your body can do today? do you despise it? Your body is a gift from God. What other tangible remnant do you have that God specifically made for you other than your body that he blew the breath of life into? If you have given birth or attended one, you know the excitement of a first breath. Your body with God's breath allows you to do whatever he is calling you to do today. This is why you have a body. Work on what you can do to love the gift of your body rather than obsessing over nonsense you cannot control, but reminding yourself who can. Let's talk about how to nurture your nature. Nature, or your genetics, is what you received at birth while nurture is hopefully what you are doing with it. Since you are still walking around on this planet, it's time to thank God for having good genes. However, it is still up to you to take care of them. Even if you had happened upon skinny genes, you would find there is still a wide berth as to where you can wind up in terms of your weight and overall health. I had a childhood friend who was always definitely the slim one of the two of us. As young adults, I had always weighed 20 to 50 pounds more than she did, depending on what age or stage of life we were in. She always looked as if she had stepped off the runway and had in fact participated in several beauty pageants. She was literally a beauty queen. Even pregnant, she gained the minimal amount of weight, whereas I was at the maximum end recommended for my height with both of my late pregnancies at age 37 and 39. In my early 40s, we reconnected, and she gave me a pair of jeans that no longer fit her. All I could think was that there was no way her jeans were going to fit me. At least that is how it was when we were teenagers. Then I tried on the jeans, and to my shock, they were too big. She said, I will never be that weight again, as if it were a done deal. By the intensity of her tone, I could tell this discussion was closed and that she had already given up. I could sense the resignation in her voice, and my heart grieved for her. This had nothing to do with weight. This had to do with her lack of faith and her ability to lose the weight. I didn't fully comprehend it at the time, since this was before I became a trainer. Although for most of my life, weight had been a struggle, I never realized there was an option to throw in the towel. Have you already given up? If you have already decided you will never lose your excess pounds, you will prove yourself right. Unfortunately, my friend has gained more weight since that visit. If you don't get a handle on your current weight, most likely you will gain more. This is because your body composition will shift from less muscle to more fat because of inactivity, diet, or aging unless you do something to reverse this trend. Take the offense instead of defense in your overall health and weight battle. Whether you were born with skinny genes or not, sooner or later, most women and men have to exert extra energy to win this war. From a health perspective, even good genes can only go so far. Lamenting on how unfair it is that you have fat genes just wastes more time, whether you believe you have them or not. You want to encourage positive genetic interactions at any age while discouraging negative ones with your lifestyle, not in spite of it. Number two. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you, whether you believe justice was served or not. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Isaiah 55.8 What happens when you feel justice is lacking? Do you numb yourself with food because you don't see a resolution to a local or global injustice? Maybe it is more personal. Someone got away with something and you or someone you love is left with a lifetime of pain. In the windmills of your mind, you still may be playing out injustices over and over again, making them seem immortal. The Bible tells us God is a God of justice. Still, the feelings of desperation, sadness, or loss accompanied by prolonged agonies may tempt you to ask, why bother? In many cases, there are no earthly resolutions to heavenly battles. You will only find peace if you stop wasting your time looking for one. Ask for healing while trusting God to do his job, especially if you cannot see a way out. Even in the cases where justice is served according to human laws, the pain doesn't automatically go away. It won't go away until you learn how to forgive. Here is where allowing the Lord's graciousness and compassion to begin their job of healing comes in. Jesus did not come to teach justice. He came to teach forgiveness. You need to forgive as much as you need forgiveness the word justified actually means a clean slate since jesus states you are going to be forgiven in the same way you forgive you have great incentive to practice forgiveness we all want a clean slate we all want to be saved a good place to start is to pray for those who need a heart of flesh especially the person you want to see brought to justice if you are unable to do this Put Jesus in between you and that person. If this person already trusted God, they probably wouldn't have wound up on your most wanted poster for injustice in the first place. I realize this is easier said than done. I have asked the Lord to supernaturally help me forgive when I could not. And he has done this for me on more than one occasion. You may be afraid to forgive because forgiveness makes you feel vulnerable, yet you cannot have new life without it. What we don't understand is we are vulnerable whether we choose to forgive or not. We are either vulnerable to God when we forgive or vulnerable to the person who hurt us. Only one leads to fullness of life. Number three, love yourself as much as you love your neighbor so you can love more neighbors. He will make your righteousness go out as the light and your justice as the noonday sun. Psalm 37, 6. If you don't trust God, you will look for love in all of the wrong places. This is why it is so important for women of all ages to have their identity in Christ. By not loving and accepting God's love first, you can wind up seeking acceptance from the wrong people, or in some cases, from the right people, but in the wrong ways. Because of this, Many women become people-pleasers. Although you are supposed to love your neighbor, becoming a people-pleaser is not what God intended. That leads to burnout. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. Luke 10 38 42. Martha was running around with the daily grind and didn't have time to simply sit down and absorb Jesus' teaching. Jesus gently reminded her that this was precisely why she was worried about so many things. This describes how most of us live life today. She was ignoring her spiritual needs by doing all of the right things. While also making sure she was getting the credit. You can't shine the light of Christ if you don't spend time at the foot of the cross or if you are worried about who is getting the credit. Both deplete your spiritual energy. This is true even if you are doing all of the right things. It is a constant battle with pride not to chase humankind's approval. It takes discipline to live internally with a focus on the Lord rather than everyone else's applause. You will never find balance or your calling for that matter if you continue to chase humankind's approval. You will also not be at peace until you use your gifts the way God intended. Once you are fully engaged in doing what you were created to do, it really doesn't matter who gets the credit. Now, let's talk about how your perception of your physical state affects your emotional state what about those fat genes? We often hear people talk about fat genes and what an injustice it is if they happen to be the recipient of them. I can clearly see in my own family who did and did not inherit them. However, if you look at old photographs of your family in the early 1900s, you might see a different picture. When I see old photographs of my family on both sides, there were no weight issues. I am guessing... It was because they were farmers and had to physically work for their food. It wasn't until the introduction of processed foods that we saw weight issues emerge. This should tell us something. We saw how some gained weight eating the same processed foods as others, yet they were not affected in the same way. Until about age 40, I went back and forth with weight gain. Whenever I started eating the standard American diet, otherwise known as SAD, I packed on the pounds. I was not immune to the free-for-all of fast food living in college and gaining the freshman 15. The same thing happened when I gained another 15 pounds returning to the States after being stationed in Spain. My answer to losing weight in those days was just to work out harder. However, later in life, pregnancy brought on different challenges. With each pregnancy at age 37 and 39, I gained 50 pounds. At 5'3", that's a lot. At the time, my husband traveled for work and I had limited time to exercise while also trying to recover from plantar fasciitis. Since I couldn't easily blast through the calories working out post-pregnancy and post-injury, I was left with only one option, which was to eat healthier. At 40 years old, with a newborn and a two and a half year old, I wondered if I would ever get back to my pre-pregnancy weight. It turned out that being limited in time to exercise helped me to realize that nutrition trumped exercise when it came to losing weight, especially in the short term. This was a revelation to me. It didn't mean that exercise did not matter. It just meant that what I put in my mouth mattered more than I realized. With real food and moderate exercise, you will also find your happy medium. Treating your body justly means balancing real food intake and moderate exercise. This lesson came home again when I broke my leg skiing at age 46 in Canada. Back in our hotel room on the second day of our vacation, barely able to see out of the snow-blanketed windows, I realized I was facing about a year before I would be running any kind of distance again. I was alone in the room, or so I thought. It turned out I had company. Staring me right in the face were the Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory Christmas chocolates we had bought for our kids for Christmas. Let me tell you how easy it would have been to faceplant into the kids' Christmas chocolates. Then, as clear as day, the Holy Spirit reminded me that although I had one problem with my broken leg, if I dove into those chocolates, I would now have two. Well, actually, probably three, because I don't think my kids would have been that happy. But the point is, it would have been more than one problem. This, my friend, is the crux of the faith versus weight message. It was the first time I remember making a conscious decision not to use food for comfort. I wouldn't have given it a second thought up until that point. I proceeded to yell at the Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory Christmas chocolates, telling them I was not going down without a fight to which they appeared disinterested. Of course, I blame my outburst on the painkillers. The point is, it had finally dawned on me that unlike having a small planned dessert, this would have been a pity party. And if I had one chocolate pity party, it would have led to another, and then another, and then another with no end in sight. If you are suffering with an injury or disease, it is even more important to eat healthier. You need the right fuel for energy and recovery. The problem is that this is precisely the time we want to drown in our sea salt caramel. Many view the fact that they are injured or have a disease as unfair. This is human nature. However, I promise you that this mindset will guarantee failure Instead of sulking, I teach my clients not to think of missing out, but instead to pick their favorites. This applies to their time as well as their food choices. I was able to catch up on reading and get additional certifications. As for food, if you pick your favorite as a small dessert, this makes saying no to 90% of the other processed junk and subsequent pity parties a lot easier. The candy at the checkout and the stale birthday cake may not even be close to being your favorite, so why bother? Over time, the favorites I choose now tend to create energy instead of robbing it because energy is one of my favorite things. I suggest you identify at least one favorite treat you can have in small amounts and have it as your dessert, ideally keeping it to 100 calories, especially if you are going through a time of recovery. Believe it or not, I have helped Many people either lose or maintain their weight during recovery using this exact same seven-week plan. You can do it. Tell yourself you can have 100 calories worth every day for as long as you want and see if this helps. Although many do not have a specific caloric limit, a small dessert is the approach most Europeans take. It is not in excess that you are satisfied, but in knowing you can have it if you want it as long as you can be temperate with it as discussed in week two. Identifying a few favorite foods helps you set boundaries. Sometimes justice is sticking up for yourself, even when the threat appears to be benign. Often, people will kindly offer a sugary treat and act shocked when I politely turn it down. This is because our culture supports eating sugar nonstop all day. The next words out of someone's mouth might be, you have no idea what you're missing. Then they offer it again out of a sense of hospitality. I graciously decline again. This usually happens in a social or office setting. However, the places notorious for passing out food products are coffee shops and grocery stores. Do yourself a favor and skip the samples unless you want to be derailed for the rest of the day. Anytime you have sugar, you are potentially waking up your personal sugar monster. When I decline donuts at 10 a.m. or cookies at 3 p.m. because I know I'm going to have a small amount for dessert, I don't need it then. I know exactly what I am missing. A few hundred extra calories and sugar cravings for the rest of the day. I am also missing out on feeling sluggish. I do not need to eat of every tree in the garden and neither do you. So yes, I know exactly what I am missing. I just save it for dessert. Besides being a great way to get off balance, eating at non scheduled meal and snack times has very little to do with actually wanting food. If it did, then you would have a salad instead of a cookie. It has more to do with avoiding the feeling that you are missing out on something, which can be perceived by some as an injustice. If everyone else is having one, why can't you? If you operate under that thinking, you will also wind up with everyone else's health ailments. Is that what you want? Remember, you can have whatever you want, as discussed in week one, if that is what you really want. There will be no lack of food products to try in your future. Every day, food manufacturers are coming up with the next best thing to get you hooked. Do you really need to add to the number of things you already crave? However, since enough time has been wasted already, if you do indulge and wind up derailed, Tell yourself you are only one meal or one walk away from getting back on track. The sooner you get back on track, the better. The only thing worth missing is your health. Although I would love to say that I have reached the Master Jedi level of banning fast food for my family, I usually wind up going through drive throughs when it comes to back to back sports and school activities yet I pay attention to what I order and give my children one carb option, not three. For me, it's a salad with protein and some nuts from the stash in my purse. I do not consider fast food a destination location. I also do not consider this perfect parenting. However, this is learning how to balance options instead of blindly overdoing it. During week seven, there are ideas for how to balance your children's overall day. So a fast food stop for dinner here and there does not have to derail their progress either. Unfortunately, our society does not encourage balance when it comes to fast food or restaurant eating in general. I will never forget when one of the young healthcare providers I worked with gushed in announcing she had been to a certain fast food establishment three times that day because it was half price day. She had driven through for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, getting a shake at every pass along with her meal. Out of the goodness of her heart, she also picked up fries for one of her grandparents. The grandparent was hypoglycemic and could no longer have the coveted shakes, so the granddaughter chose fries for her instead three times that day. It is a blessing to see anyone thinking of a grandparent once a day, let alone three times. However, the $1.99 saved on all of those half price fries and shakes is not even going to put a dent in this family's future health care costs. The balanced scales of justice are also a great reminder to balance out movement and food intake. Telling yourself you will one day exercise and lose weight when things finally calm down is a pipe dream. If you think a stress free life is the prerequisite for weight loss, you may be surprised. One summer, I was living the dream in San Francisco. After 16 years of both active and reserve time with the Navy, my husband and I were able to share the same address. I joined him in the San Francisco Bay Area for the summer while he participated in an internship program. It was the first and last time in my adult life that I was completely stress-free. I remember walking the Golden Gate Bridge with no phone or beeper. I'm dating myself here, but it was glorious. I worked out every day, walked the city, saw the sights, made friends along the way, and had fantastic dinners every night. There was only one problem with this blissful existence. Even though I blasted through hundreds of calories with fun activities, exercising all day, and eating healthy most of the time, I actually gained weight. My husband's summer internship graciously provided lots of wining and dining, and we partook in all of it. One late-night free dinner gourmand experience after another took its toll. The realization hit that I certainly couldn't blame the weight gain on stress or a lack of exercise, since I had neither. All roads led to the late-night overconsumption of rich foods as the culprit. I was not balancing my food intake with my activity level. I remember a joke we played on each other during this time. My husband and I would put out each other's running shoes the night before, suggesting we needed to run it all off the next morning. We were still naive enough to believe you could out-exercise a bad diet. You may ask what this has to do with your stress and weight management, since you don't see yourself spending the summer in San Francisco jobless. First, If you wait for the perfect time and situation to occur in life where you are stress-free, it will likely be in vain. But even if it does happen, you have to learn how to balance your life no matter what situation you are in. Even a perfect situation may not have the outcome you predict. A lot of empty nesters gain weight because they are going out and overdoing it every night, not balancing their intake with their activity. Second, Whether you are fortunate enough to have a stress-free existence, you need to ask, are you eating your way through a city? Takeout, fast food, and pizza most nights are going to give the same results. If you are running around on vacation, you may be active and burn some of it off, but it's typically not going to be enough. Unfortunately, most people are sitting at a desk all day and then rushing around with kids in traffic after work. Progress will only be made once the realization hits that food is the final frontier, Balancing your diet and activity level is the only way to lose weight. Most people have no idea how to make this switch in a culture that supports supersizing everything. I understand. I am at fast food establishments more often than I like to admit, with both boys in club soccer, school sports, and a myriad of other activities. However, I follow the plan talked about in week one and two, and have never had a weight issue since I started even though I am in my early 50s. The same goes for vacations, late night dinners, and conferences. Whether it is gourmet or fast food, I eat according to the faith versus weight plan as discussed in week one. When it comes to exercise, I like the saying, if you don't use it, you lose it. Part of finding balance is moving your body in all different planes of motion. You may tend to do the same type of movements like most people, overusing your muscles in one direction while underutilizing them in another. The result may be muscle imbalances or injuries. When I teach exercise classes, I teach total body resistance training. I recommend a class or an app that works your total body, emphasizing low weights with high reps. Include a warm up in the beginning and gentle flexibility stretching at the end. So, Let's balance out your week when it comes to exercise. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah 8.10 Here are some tips for your daily movement. Move all day. No more than 30 minutes of sitting at a time. Pace when you are on the phone. Take the stairs to a bathroom on the next floor. Use a pedometer app. Try walking meetings. If you are new to cardio, start with three to four days per week of 30 to 45 minutes of steady state aerobic cardio. Yes, walking counts at a brisk pace. Bike, swim, jog, Zumba, elliptical, so on. As long as you are aerobic, it's all good. Almost every piece of equipment at the gym shows aerobic and anaerobic heart zones. Stay aerobic. Yoga does not count as cardio. Boxing and kickboxing count as interval cardio. Review the best exercises for your body type in week three. When it comes to resistance training, commit to a minimum of two days per week. Incorporate some type of total body resistance training. Look for high repetition with low weight workouts. If you enjoy yoga or Pilates, this can count as your third resistance day. When it comes to flexibility, you don't have to take a yoga class, but you do need to stretch every day. Do a quick stretch after workouts. At the end of the day, relax and hit all of your major muscle groups. Stretching can lower cortisol levels. Some studies show that stretching can also increase melatonin levels that help with sleep. I always stretch before going to sleep. There is also some evidence that total body stretching may assist in the prevention of plaque buildup in your arteries. Circuit training is an idea that can help you save time. You can combine resistance and interval training. Try riding an indoor bike while repetitively lifting small weights. Do high reps of different arm movements while in aerobic zone pedaling. Then put the weights down and sprint on the bike for one minute. Repeat this until you finish your upper body workout on the bike. After your time on the bike, do core work, lower body moves, and stretch. This is an efficient way to be done with both resistance and cardio interval training. If you do intense circuit training, keep your other cardio days easy. You don't want intensity more than three days a week. Make sure you pay attention to your heart rate and that you check with your doctor before starting any new exercise activity. As for intermediate cardio, two to three days per week, 30 to 45 minutes, warm up, and then proceed to your aerobic zone. After five minutes, work up to the lower end of your anaerobic zone and maintain for 30 seconds to one minute. Repeat until time is up. Only incorporate interval training if you have a cardio base. A cardio base means you can sustain an aerobic heart rate for 30 to 45 minutes, four days a week, and are cleared by your doctor to participate in interval training. What would a sample week look like? Monday, 30 minutes of interval training on the bike. Tuesday, resistance training, total body low weights with high reps. Wednesday, 30 minutes of interval training on an elliptical. Thursday, resistance training might be Pilates. Friday, 30 minutes interval training, your choice of swim, walk, jog, box. Saturday, resistance training, power yoga. Sunday, active rest. More to come on this in week five. For now, go for a walk with your family or do a family bike ride. Something fun and easy. Recreate your energy. When it comes to prioritizing exercise, there will always be people and things demanding your time and energy. This does not mean you are supposed to ignore what God is calling you to do when it comes to taking care of your body. Just like any other area of your life where you want success, you have to prioritize. Focusing on everyone else instead of God wastes time. Set limits even if it means not signing up for every single event at work or school or not always eating junk. These things might separate you but this is not a bad thing. You have already been set apart. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. Jeremiah 1 5. When it comes to justice, Christians are called to make a difference. You glorify God when you fight injustice in the name of Jesus, whether justice is served on your watch or not, because you are loving your neighbor in the process. For many, This can also be a path to healing, and the heavens proclaim his righteousness, for he is a God of justice. Psalm 50, verse 6. Here are some closing thoughts to review. Do you trust God? If you struggle with justice being served, ask the Holy Spirit to illuminate God's word for you specifically in this area. Is there a sin or unhealthy behavior you are justifying because in your mind justice has not been served? Is there someone you need to forgive? Put Jesus in between you and that person. Is there someone you resent because you think they have a better life than you? Let it go. Are you actually acting justly toward others? Are you acting justly toward yourself? Do you need a heart transplant in order to take God at his word? Ask for one. Thou shalt not cover thy neighbor's skinny jeans, And remember also to forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. Love yourself as much as you love your neighbor so that you can love more neighbors. Say yes to God so you can say no to the things hindering his plan for your life. Thank God for what your body is able to do today, right now. Nurture your nature. When it comes to sugar, you are not missing anything. Save it for dessert. Stress-free does not necessarily equal fat-free. Balance your food intake with your movement for optimal energy. Use the sample week movement plan to balance out exercises that I described. If you need a visual, it's also available in chart form in the Faith vs. Weight book on Kindle for $3.99. Finally, is there an injustice you have been set apart for in order to make a difference for your neighbor and or to help you heal? For journal exercises on emotional eating, check out Faith vs. Weight for $3.99 on Kindle. I can't wait to hear how this podcast series changes your life. Join the Faith vs. Weight podcast group on Facebook, a place for Faith vs. Weight podcast listeners to share their journey. If you enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. They are based on excerpts from my book. Faith vs. Weight, available at Amazon, the Prestonwood Bookstore, and Barnes and & Noble, Beltline Road, Dallas. Thank you for listening to Faith vs. Weight, reminding you that you already have victory in Christ. To keep up with Maria's class offerings, speaking engagements, or just to follow Maria on social, check out MariaBauer.com. Consult your physician before starting any weight loss or exercise program.